0: Relay FM, this is Connected episode 140, the Tweet Edition. Today's show is brought to you by Casper Pingdom and Bombfell. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mrs. Stephen Hackett. Hey buddy. Hey. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm yeah. back. So Federico is gone. We are now operating a revolving door policy on Connected.
1: Yeah. One in, one out. I don't understand why I'm the center of it. I have not missed an episode in a long time. The two of you, crazy Europeans, just like going around the world doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Federico will be back next week. I think next week should be all three of us again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which would be good. Who knows, though? You never know. I may just take off just because I can. Nope, you
0: can't actually.
1: I, I really can. No, you really can't. You go check your contract. Hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of follow up. Good. Uh, it's really been piling up this week. So we're gonna get right into it. We had what I have uh, called in our show notes the sweet sweat email. No, that's good. It's good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh as an aside. Sometimes I do asides and follow-up and other people uh. don't like them. But uh Mike, you are known for typos on the internet, right? It's a thing that you've you've done. Yep. Someone I won't say who runs a whole Tumblr about about it. But once very embarrass embarrassingly. I left a note for Mary, my wife, and I called her sweetheart, but I did it in a hurry and I and I wrote sweatheart.
0: <laughs> and
1: uh, so that has been a joke in my marriage now for a long time. From no to go,
0: sweatheart. So this is the
1: sweatheart email from listener Yokin, uh, and Yokin works on This was a very involved email, but the gist of it is Yokin works with some sort of polymer that is used in disposable diapers. And so (sighs) they are familiar with the types of things. They use uh, fake urine to test. Mm. So he knows about fake sweat. And he says, uh, fake sweat is not gross. It is 99% water with less than 1% salts uh, dissolved into it. It's pretty interesting. And he kind of likens it to Gatorade that, you know, these drinks – or kind of to replace exactly what you're losing while you sweat, so they they have salt in them, uh, ionic things, and it's important to material design because salt solutions are very corrosive over time. So, you know, the assumption is with the watch and with things like you know the headphones and everything, they want to make sure that hey, if you're if you're running in this thing, you're playing basketball and you're getting it sweaty, that you're not going to be Damaging the product and and it's not damaging you. So, mm-hmm. uh, lesson learned, as uh, the ghost of Federico put in our show notes, you can put your Apple devices in Gatorade and they'll be just fine.
0: I don't I buy think that's that a lesson here. I don't think I do to
1: follow. I think it's fake news. Um, the second piece of follow up. Uh, this will be the first link in the show notes. Uh, maybe Mike will put a photo of it in the show notes so you don't even have to click on the link because this is really. In some ways, it's the best thing I've ever seen on the internet. In other ways, it is the most frustratingly annoying thing I've seen on the internet. Mike, what did you receive as a gift?
0: A chop. <laughs> That's what it's called. Uh, this is a very pen addict focused thing, but my friend Glenn... Sent me what is called a chop. And a chop is what you use to make wax seals. You know, you see those old timey wax seals, like you drip wax onto an envelope and you stamp something on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my friend Glenn had made for me a hashtag Mike was right chop. So I can now seal all of my correspondence with my brand. And I'm very excited about that. Um, I can also apparently use this on chocolate. So everybody can expect chocolates soon that say Mike was right on them.
1: Hmm. I have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is, how often do you send correspondence that you seal with wax? That's I, very... I, I don't send letters
0: at all, but now I'm going to because I actually today, it may arrive during the show, uh, I have some wax coming. Mm. Some some special wax and like a spoon thing that you have to heat it up over. It's very um, interesting. Medieval. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And so then I will be able to wax seal everything, so everything in my house is going to get a wax seal, uh, just as Mike was right on it. So
1: yeah. that was my next question. Uh, where Where does one? buy wax this is a special wax can you pick the color i guess you can pick the color right
0: yeah to i got degree? this whole like kit on amazon it was like eight pounds and it's on prime of course which is really <laughs> that, interesting very, to me it's
1: really ironic <laughs>
0: <laughs> that you can get your old timey antique ceiling <laughs> wax on one day delivery from some prime but turns out you wow. can that's
1: that's uh pretty spectacular so uh-huh. people who follow us on twitter will know that I sent the one thousandth invoice uh, from our company. Why are you doing this? And I'm just begging you not to not to send our invoices sealed with the Mike was right stamp. I'm going to print do
0: that. that one invoice and send it back to you. With I w- okay, the stamp Do on it.
1: Do it. I'll open it. I'll open it live. I'll stream it live on the internet somewhere. All right. You have my address. Okay. Do it. 2017 uh, around Relay FM HQ has been known as the year of live. We're doing a bunch more live events this year, and we're very excited to announce uh, another one. This will be on Sunday, October 15th, Connected, which is the show you're listening to now. Although with three of us, not just two of us, all three of us are going to be in person in Chicago for the Release Notes Conference. There'll be a link in the show notes to uh, the Release Notes Conference sign-up page. It's an amazing conference if you're a developer or designer or a small business owner, an independent. If you're kind of in this community, Release Notes is a conference you should go to. Uh, Mike spoke the first year, I spoke uh, last year, and Federico is speaking this year. So they they are three for three for Connected listeners, or Connected host. And this year on Sunday, October 15th at uh, 6 p.m., we're going to do a live episode of Connected right around the corner from their venue. And if you sign up for release notes, in the email there will be a link to a secret ticket page where you can go. Tickets are free to come see us. We're going to do a live show. Uh, Federico then has to go, uh, to a speaker thing, but Mike and I will be around for a little while. I think tickets, like I said, are going to attendees of release notes first, but we are uh, planning on opening that ticket page to the public pretty soon. So if you're on the fence about release notes, uh, you should totally go, go sign up, get a ticket, come to Chicago and, uh, and come see us. We're excited to do a live show since we're not doing connected live in California this summer, we're going to do it live in Chicago this fall. And it's, um, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Let's talk about Year of Live, right? It's because, yes. Because uh, I will also that weekend <laughs> be doing a live episode of The Pan Addict in Chicago at the Field Notes offices. Yes. And we're also, we've are also we also just did the, the episode in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. And we've got some other stuff bubbling as well. Like uh, This is fun. I enjoy it a lot. It's difficult to do. Like Live shows are ha- a hard thing to put on, but we're getting better at the technology of it all. Um, so we're working on trying to do more and more of them in places all over the world, not just uh, not just in America, but also across America. And I'm I'm trying to see what the feasibility would do be to try and do something in London at some point, not in the not too distant future as well. So there yeah. you go,
1: lots of lots of good stuff. Yep. Um, while we're talking about relay news, uh, we did sometimes we do this. We launched a new show last week called Download. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, Download is a panel show uh dedicated to covering the week's biggest and most interesting tech stories so download is not another apple show it is a show about tech uh sort of on the broad it is the we're looking at companies products trends things like quarterly results uh even but the the idea is to cover tech sort of wide you know as widely as we can most of our shows are very uh sort of niche, even something like Connected, which covers Apple, you know, we really just cover Apple and Amazon and stuff as they relate to Apple. Download is not that. Download is looking at the whole thing. Um, There's a link in the show notes also to a blog post I wrote last week. We started this project back in August of last year when you, Mike, and uh, Jason were in town. Uh, We started sketching this out. Jason is the host. I'm working as the producer, which is a new role for Relay. So I'm on the show a little bit. Um, but doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. You scarily pop in, like I do. That's the that's the whole mm-hmm. gag. Uh, the yeah, people are like I didn't even know you were there, and so we're going to do a better job on episode two of like introducing me at the beginning. But um, I'm sort of like the uh, annoying guy on the uh, the talk shows at night, you know, who like sits in the corner and makes bad jokes. That's me on the show. Or every show. but uh, yeah, hmm. <laughs> but the uh, one of the big goals here. Uh, is to to give us another opportunity to bring new and diverse voices to Relay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's something we work really hard on. It's hard to do because most of our shows don't have guest spots. You know, a show like Connected, we may have two guests on a year, and that's usually something very specific. We don't really have an interview show uh, anymore outside of, like, Mac Power Users and Presentables. So this is, like, another way of, of doing this. And so be on the lookout for new voices. Um, if you have... story idea or a guest idea someone who you think would be really good on the show let me know find me on twitter at ismh uh, because we want download to be a success and we want it to be a real uh different thing than what we're doing on some of the other shows well put
0: this week's episode is brought to you by casper the company focused on sleep that make the perfect premium mattress that they sell online for a fraction of what it would cost in a store. Casper's award-winning mattresses are developed in-house. It has a sleek design and is delivered in an impossibly small box. And in addition to their lovely mattress, Casper now offers an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets as well. Casper's in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing their mattresses, successively engineered at a shockingly fair price, and this is why they have over 30,000 online reviews with an average score, of average rating about 4.8 stars, which is very, very high indeed. That's higher Than many ratings you would find for almost any product ever made, I think. Their San Francisco research and development team have developed proprietary foam that relieves pressure and increases airflow. Then they combine it with a springy comfort layer to contour to your body to keep you nice and cool as well. This means Casper mattresses have just the right sink and just the right bounce casper makes quality mattresses at great prices and are designed and developed in america mr stephen hacker i believe that you have a casper mattress at home do you not
1: i do and it's uh it's great you know the the whole thing of it comes in a box and you open in it, it you know move around your house easily uh that's totally a real thing uh when we got ours now it's been a couple of years I actually unboxed it on periscope because it's it comes in like a box the size of a dorm refrigerator and queen-size mattress inside due to science and magic Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we just moved about nine months ago and I had, you know, had to move that mattress, get, don't go back in the box. You know, you gotta, you just remind of like, it's amazing how small this thing is when it shows up, uh, and what it
0: becomes. It's super cool. Buying a Casper mattress is so easy and it's completely risk-free. They offer free delivery and free returns to US, Canada, and now the UK as well. With Casper, you can actually get to sleep on the mattress before you make your decision. You try it out for 100 nights and decide if it's the mattress you want to then spend a third of your life on. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. You can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com connected and using the code connected at checkout. Terms of like condition supply, As casper.com slash Connected and the code connected at checkout for fifty dollars off. Thank you so much to Casper for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I I was looking across the internet the other day and I went to my homepage, which is five twelve pixelsnet dot mm-hmm. net, and uh, I found a, a link to something which is so so in your wheelhouse that I'm not even going to bother spending any more time trying to explain what it is.
1: So this is a IndieGoGo campaign. Uh, someone is working on a documentary about the Newton. So for those who aren't familiar, I don't know why anybody wouldn't be familiar, right? Uh, Come on. Uh, it It is a handheld uh, PDA that Apple put out in the 90s. Uh, Apple kind of a PDA? actually-
0: a Public display of affection? That's what that is, Yes,
1: right? a personal digital assistant. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, John Scully, the uh, CEO of Apple at the time, coined that term, actually. Uh, and so it was a handheld thing, had its own operating system, You had a stylus. Its big thing was it had handwriting recognition, but at the beginning it wasn't very good, which led to many jokes. Uh, Anyways, there is still to this day a community of people who are super into the Newton. I've got a couple of them. I used one in college. I've talked about that before, but uh, I don't use one regularly now. But there are people who still do, and this Indiegogo project is to kind of document that, document the Newton, where it came from, what happened to it. Uh why it got canned. Spoiler alert, Steve Jobs did it when he came back. And anyway, so I link to it. Um they're trying to raise seventeen grand over the next eight weeks or so. And uh I think it'd be fun
0: to see. I, I'm wa- I'm like kind of watching the, the video that they put on their Indiegogo page right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that every time that the guy like Noah is talking to camera, and he has final Cut in the background behind him. It's like I swear I am a video producer. That's right. It's how you know. Yeah. It's like I promise. I promise. Look, I can use Final Cut. This this movie can be made. How much did you pledge? Twenty five bucks. Okay. I thought you maybe go like what is the full on six ninety nine producer credit? Yeah, the
1: full John Syracuse. No, I just did. Uh, I did twenty five.
0: Well, it might be on you to push them over the edge. So it could be get on that. Oh, I will also wait for them to contact you, which I assume is imminent, uh, to talk to you about your. I'm assuming extensive collection of Newtons. That's right. I think they're going to just film in the studio the whole the whole movie. So I saw a link online the other day about the Pixel and Pixel XL, which I thought was interesting. Um, basically, Google have announced that they're going to be guaranteeing a total of two years of OS updates to this phone. So the Pixel line came out in October 2016. They've confirmed that it will get Android O in the fall of 2017 and Android P, well, presuming it will be called something in 2018. but there'll be, So that's it. That's the only two uh, updates that they're guaranteeing. And then there'll be no guaranteed security updates until after 2019. So I thought this sounded interesting and kind of short, like it sounded short to me, like that the phone gets two years of updates. And so I looked at what uh, Apple's currently doing. So the iPhone 5 is uh, currently running iOS 10. It's the oldest phone that will run iOS 10. And that came out in 2012. So that's four and a half years and counting. I mean, it could be cut off iOS 11. Um, you you believe this is going to be the case, right?
1: Yeah, there, there's a lot of... Uh, I kind of wish Federico was here, but there's a lot of stuff right now of... If you're running a 32-bit app, uh, that's like called out in settings now on its own screen, and developers are basically being... Um, told that you got to go to 64-bit or your app's going to get dropped. And so I, I think that's paving the way for uh, these 32-bit devices to be to be left behind with iOS 11.
0: So it's quite a bit less than the iPhone, right? So like this, this Pixel is. phone will last for two years and the iPhone 5 will last for maybe like four and a half, five years, something like that. And I kind of found it interesting to see a company call it out in advance, right? To just be like, this is how long you've got left. Because with Apple, it's like, it could be any time. Like, you have no idea, right? They don't They don't talk about this stuff, but Google does. And I can't decide if I'm, like, how I feel about it. Like, I just think it's an, an interesting thing that they've done it in advance. And I wonder if it's that much of an issue when people kind of replace their phones every two to three years anyway. Like, this, this phone will be running the most recent version of Android for, like, three years in total, right? Before it maybe gets cut off. And... I I don't really know how I feel about that. Like I guess most people replace their phones within that period of time anyway.
1: I mean, at least people who buy things like the Pixel, right? Like the enthusiast phones. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I, in one in one sense, I like it because with Android, with with some manufacturers, and this is a lot less now than it used to be. But say for three, even three or four years ago you may only get a year or 18 months for some OEM phones. And so, yeah, two years isn't great, but they're trying to get out ahead of that. And so at least you have some sense of uh, certainty. You know, for for me, I think things like the Pixel, um, you know, I don't think someone's going to, I mean, maybe someone is, but I think the Pixel, at, at least, and like the Nexus phones before it is still an enthusiast device. And so mm-hmm. those people are going to update every year, every 18 months, every 24 months. Uh, Where I would like to see this, I mean, I'd like to see them support phones longer, obviously, um, but I would like to see that from OEMs as well. You know, the the Pixel sells a fraction of what something like the the Samsung Galaxy S8 will, Mm -hmm. and those customers are beholden to Samsung for updates, not Google. And, you know, I think think on the whole, the whole Android ecosystem would do better to support phones longer, but at the very least, uh, I give it a thumbs up for more transparency ahead of time
0: iOS 11 and Apple Music TV shows. So there was this Bloomberg profile of Jimmy Iovine, right, who was at Beats and now works at Apple, Apple Music. And in this profile, he mentioned that Apple may be planning as many as 10 original TV series for the Apple Music platform, with iOS 11 potentially bringing some more video-focused features to Music.app. And you guys were talking about Carpool Karaoke last week and that it's been kind of like... Unceremoniously delayed for an unspecified period of time, right? And I wonder if this is going to be one of those iOS 11 like features. You know, like there's going to be more video and part of these videos, these series. But if that's the case, and iOS 11 is what's really gonna bring about these new new changes to iOS, especially the music app, which doesn't handle video very well right now, honestly. So I wonder what they're gonna do with something like Planet of the Apps, right? Like that's. Seemingly still coming soon, and it doesn't really feel like Apple Music the on the iPhone at least does a good job of running video, and they may be holding some of this other stuff until iOS eleven. It's it, interesting, right? Like what is what what is going on here? I think is an interesting thing about.
1: Yeah, you could see them using the new uh, TV app. Apple's names God. TV apps only in the US though. It is, but I, I wonder if. Um... If this sort of content is a way to to get that app elsewhere that maybe it doesn't have all the other stuff we have here in the US but that they use that as a building block because cr- cramming this in the music app that's already like impossible to understand is not I don't think it's super great <laughs> but, but this is
0: all stuff that comes with your Apple music subscription though right like
1: yeah but you could, you could put an Apple music tab in the TV app and think you'd be fine
0: Oh, well, that's not confusing. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it, like, it's all very confusing. Isn't a video tab in the Apple Music app just as good as an Apple Music tab in the video app? Maybe.
1: Or maybe they, uh, you know, maybe they, I don't know. I mean, I would be fine having an Apple Music app that has all this in it, and I can just see my local music elsewhere, but that's me because yeah, uh, I'm old-fashioned. All in all, though, I mean, I think I think that Apple, if they're going to do this, I always felt weird that it was just two shows, right? There's carpool karaoke whenever it comes out, Mm -hmm. and then there's whatever the other one with the escalator that I can't even remember the name of. Planet of the Apps. But, you know, if they're going to become a network, right, or having the network effect, then having all this stuff out at once may make more sense? I don't know. Um, Clearly something's going on. Clearly they are moving into content more than they said that they were going to at one point, so... You know, but they got to ship something, right? Like, what happened to Carpool Karaoke? I
0: was just going to say, <laughs> surprise, surprise, an Apple product or Endeavor has been delayed again.
1: Well, they had to take people off Carpool Karaoke to go back to working on the new Mac Pro, so it's all...
0: And the car. Yeah. Everyone that works on Carpool Karaoke now works on the autonomous car project, right? Like, that's how that works, I think.
1: I think it's kind of the same thing, maybe. Full cars, it's all car I mean, how? I mean, how can you sing if your hands are on the steering wheel? You can't exactly. dance that way.
0: Oh, <clears throat> my word, that's it. That's what it is, right? The, no, I'm an they, analyst. All the te- all the tests that they've been doing, it's all with celebrities. That's how oh, that's how it works. Interesting. I uh, saw so on the verge uh, some leaks of uh, Fitbit's potential smartwatch project. <laughs> we we were talking about this a while ago, right? Like they bought Pebble. I, I was talking to a friend recently who has a smartwatch. I can't even remember the name of the company, honestly. That was also bought by Fitbit. Like this wasn't I I think I remember at the time I was mentioning they bought some other stuff that we'd never heard of but like they there's this company that had this product out which had like a super long battery life um, and it had a lot of the smartwatch stuff in and but it just wasn't very high power tech but this was another thing that Fitbit bought Um, and there's been some uh, leaks that Yahoo grabbed a hold of showing what might be their smartwatch project and it looks just like the Fitbit blaze which was the smartwatch looking fitbit Mm -hmm. but this one has been developed in-house it's the first one developed in-house everything else they've used of an external product design company and now we have this potential thing yeah
1: i see a lot of blazes like at the gyms like i I see them out and about and i think people who like the fitbit the blaze is kind of a, a natural upgrade if they don't really yep. want the rest of the stuff or, or the you know the cost of the apple watch i don't know how much the blaze is but it it is not a good looking device and this thing this rendering is also not great
0: yeah like i think the fitbit stuff might keep selling because they do have some brand recognition right that in the same way that garmin are still able to sell all their crazy tracking stuff because they're maybe a bit more focused right where apple tries to do a little bit more that they're like super fitness people might still gravitate towards the brands that they know, like Garmin and Fitbit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in Fitbit being around in like two years.
1: No, I I mean they. It seems like they're they're spiraling a little bit. Uh, I watched a, a video The Verge put out trying to like compare all the Fitbit models, and it's basically impossible. Like they have they have one every every fifty dollars from you know a hundred bucks to three hundred bucks, and there's market research saying that their their market share is, is shrinking. They, they have, out of like just fitness trackers, they win, right? Like there's no one else doing fitness trackers anymore, really, that matters. But the Apple Watch is, you know, as it gets cheaper, it is slowly eating into their high end. And I can't help but wonder if the Fitbit long-term would be something like the iPod. It's great as a standalone thing until something converges it with something else and it's better. And and I wonder if the Apple Watch is that thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think that there isn't really like this, as we spoke about a bunch of times, this isn't like a huge market. Um, and that there right. really might only eventually be room for one or two companies to do this. And it's already shrinking dramatically. Um, and I, I kind of wonder where it's going to end up. Like, I, I really, really do not see this as a market that could sustain a company that wants to just do this.
1: Right. And I, I'm worried that that Fitbit moving into the smartwatch market is a big mistake. That they're going to be they're going to run into the, a lot of the same problems Pebble did. Mm-hmm. That on iOS you're going to have uh, limited functionality.
0: Constantly chasing right Constantly.
1: and I would imagine I'm just going to go out on a limb that iOS is a pretty important uh, operating system for Fitbit users mm-hmm. and. The I don't you know the blaze maybe as close as they can get, but if they go further down the smart uh, watch route, that iOS users are going to be frustrated and then not buy one, or just like like the idea so much they just buy an Apple Watch is going to work better. Like it just seems like a dangerous thing to get into and an expensive thing to get into.
0: But what I I think it's like what else are they going to do, right? I feel like that's sure. the problem. They're kind of they're in this situation because it's like they know that their product isn't selling as well as it used to since smart watches so they're kind of like well guess we're gonna make one of those now and so they bought a bunch of technology and now they're making one as what i kind of see like if i was going to play an analyst for a moment as a kind of a last-ditch attempt to turn the ship but i don't think it's going to do that
1: maybe they just start making their own content everybody else is i think that would do it
0: they should make a self-driving watch that streams online the video that it takes of people's faces. I think that's it. There you go. There you go, Fitbit. Just write us a check. You can have the the idea anytime. We're we're ready. This week's episode is also brought to you by Pingdom. You can start monitoring your websites and servers today at pingdom.com slash connected. You'll get a 14-day free trial when you go there, and then when you enter the offer code connected, at checkout, you get 20% off your first invoice. Why would you want to monitor your websites and servers? I hear you ask, why do you want to do that? Well, Pingdom alone detects around 13 million outages every single month on the web. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. And that's just of the companies that are using Pingdom. So the amount of actual outages that occur on the web must be exponentially more than that. And why do you want to use Pingdom? Well, because they make it so easy. All you need to do is give Pingdom the URL that you want to monitor, and they take care of the rest. You'll be immediately alerted when they detect an outage, so you can fix this error before it affects you. And why do you want to do that? Well, you don't want people coming to your website and they see that it's down. And also, Pingdom can use their 70 global test servers to emulate visits to your site as often as every minute to check its availability. And when they do this, they can check if you're whole site is up or down, or even just little dependencies of your website's Websites are so complicated now, so sophisticated. And you may have your e-commerce checkout functionality go down, even though the rest of your website's up. So unless you want to pay somebody to be constantly clicking everything on your website to make sure that it's all working correctly, you need Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash connected for a 14-day free trial and use the code connected at checkout. You get 20% off your first invoice, and you'll be the first to know when your site is down. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM.
1: So the rumored uh, apple voice assistant in a can this is really getting difficult to talk about these things mm-hmm. uh is rumored again and so there's a report um mac rumors quoting friend of the show call, him, call friend of the show uh chi quote mm-hmm. saying that this apple voice in a can could be coming as soon as the WWDC the report says that it's Standalone or kind of its headline feature would be excellent acoustics with a subwoofer and seven tweeters. Uh, it would be uh, powerful, like an iPhone six or six S type uh-huh. you know system on a chip, and would be positioned for the high end market, entertainment, uh, and of course, shockingly, would have a higher price than the Amazon Echo.
0: And Ming-Chi Kuo also says that he thinks that there's like a 50% chance that this would come at WWDC, as it sounds that, right now.
1: That number really cracked me up. I don't remember seeing numbers in reports like this before. It's like, I don't know, I could do it. I, 50%. I mean, flip, flip everything
0: has a 50% chance of appearing at WWDC, right? It's like it either does or it doesn't. It's 50%. I have a 50% chance of appearing at WWDC. If you want to email us about how math
1: works, uh, please email Mike directly.
0: If it does or it doesn't, 50%. That's
1: so. I when I first saw this, I thought, "Huh, WBDC is a weird place for this because this would be a consumer product. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a new Mac Pro, right? This is not a new MacBook Pro, which has also made appearance at WBDC before." But then I thought some more, Mike. And time, time is in your favor when you're thinking about things, and I could see this following a very. A predictable pattern. So several years ago, I don't know what version of iOS it was. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff like, you should make your apps resizable and this is how you make your apps resizable and then we got the big iPhones, right? Yeah. Uh, you should make your iPads app resizable and we got slide over. And it could be that SiriKit, which was introduced last year in iOS 10, that if, this, if SiriKit gets a whole lot of stage time and a bunch of new APIs and is more powerful, and more flexible, then I think that could pave the road towards this this sort of product is like perfect for the iPhone introduction in the fall. Right. You have, they try to pair something else with the iPhone. The, a, an Apple voice in a can product would be a very natural extension of that. You know, maybe the watch gets an update or at least, you know, a seasonal update and you talk about this thing. Uh, and so I, I lean towards that as opposed to this thing coming out in June. But I think that if you're paying attention, the, uh, the bricks, you know, will be laid down on the road for this to come a few months later.
0: But it doesn't need to come out in June, though. They just need to show
1: no, it. I don't think they have to show it. I think they could be like SiriKit APIs. I don't think they have to show it. I think they can just they can talk about SiriKit and drop a lot of hints. And no,
0: I'm not saying it. they have to show it. I'm just saying that there is a there is a, a non-zero chance that they could. Right, and just be like, we have this new Siri kit, and we want you to work for it. Why? Because we have this thing. Sure. Like, and Apple have I done this so many it. times, right? Like, Apple Watch got it, right? They show it like six months yeah. before. The reason we want you to That's make this new stuff is because we have this thing. Like, if it's not Siri Kit, if it's like a whole new platform, right? Which they might well do. They kind of have to show the product if they want people to make stuff for that platform, because otherwise, it's like, here is this new platform. We're not telling you. What it's attached to might be like voice OS or something. I don't know. Siri OS (laughs) could be anything and everything will be lowercase. Um, And then they show it off and they're like, hey, this is this product that we're making. It's going to come out later this year. Please make stuff for it. And then in September, they bring it out on stage again and they show all of the awesome app partners that they have that now work with the little home kind of stuff.
1: Yes. App demos, everyone's favorite part of a keynote.
0: Yep. Here is a little car that drives itself. Here is an Infinity Blade that you can talk to. Infinity Blade is always my
1: favorite.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look at all the games that we made for this thing that nobody Uh, wants to use. Look at this, everyone.
1: So I have a lot of questions about this product. Um, I I totally buy that the acoustic performance would be something that Apple would pitch, right? They have a history of that. I've got got one (laughs) sitting four feet away from me. Uh, Jason has one sitting on his desk. They sa- they still to this day sound amazing. I still use it as a as a stereo sometimes if we have you know people outside or something. I can see them going down uh, that road, and you know you have Apple Music bundled in. You can talk to the Apple Voice in the can and ask it to play whatever you want on Apple Music, and it plays it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, assuming you, you could Bluetooth parrot so you could listen to things like podcast. Or
0: oh, that SiriKit would get that functionality finally, right? Yeah. Where, which makes so much sense anyway. It should have this but doesn't.
1: Maybe like Overcast or Audible, these other audio apps could could just be controlled with Siri. I'd love that as someone who listens to podcasts all the time on my phone. The 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 other part of this is um if Apple's doing this, you know, how do they How do they handle the design of it? I don't necessarily mean how it looks. Like, I think it would look beautiful. I made a joke in the show notes they could just reuse all the the cylinder Mac Pro cases they built, you know? Uh, Just stick a microphone in there.
0: Yeah, I have complete faith that Apple can create a nice-looking product for the home. Sure, me too. Their their Wi-Fi routers are. Right, they're just like these nice-looking things. They're not yeah. too much. They haven't got like sixty-five antennas sticking out of them. They don't look like spiders, like some of them do. Right? I remember when they used to make those. Yeah, <laughs> back in the day. But but
1: really, what I'm after in this conversation is sort of the how it works. So if you have an uh, an Echo, you download the Echo app to your phone, and it's fine. It's kind of basic. Amazon's at least their iOS app design isn't very good, but it's it's basic. And you can go in there and you can set up your smart home stuff. You can go in there and add skills to it. And what I like about it is you have a whole history of stuff. So if you like mm-hmm. you know, you can go back and and sometimes the echo will say, I can't answer that, but I put results in the app for you. And so you go in the app and it, you know, whatever you look for, if it couldn't say it, is in there sometimes. And and Amazon falls back to the app. And it's not the most graceful thing in the world, but I think you need it on a product like this because a product like this cannot have, at least at this point in technology, 100% hit rate. It kind of needs a crutch to fall back on. And Apple already has that with the way Siri works now. So I talk to my phone. Sometimes it can talk to me back. Sometimes it needs to display something on the screen. But how would Apple do that on a product like this, that your phone is not guaranteed to be around, right? If this is in your kitchen, you know, you're just making dinner, you shout to the Apple box, Hey, you know, ask it a question. And it says, Oh, I can't, I can't answer that, but I can show it to you. How does it show it to you? Does it, does it push a notification to your phone? Does it just pop up on your phone
0: screen? Straight on the lock screen. Like that's, you know, like you it's don't got even to, have to right? open an app. It's just like, just go look at your phone right now. It's on there. Or, like anything, right? Like it just puts it on all of your devices.
1: That's what I would hope because that is an important part of these products. And we like to think of them as voice products, but they're really voice plus app products. And there's something that I keep coming back to and thinking about how Apple would do it. Apple has an opportunity as the platform owner to put things on your lock screen or to have it show up on your watch if it knows, you know, Apple knows if your watch is unlocked. Hey, if I talk to this box and it can't tell me what to do, don't push it to my phone. Push it to my watch because you know I'm wearing it. Like, be smarter. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this with continuity. Apple has slowly been getting smarter about what device you're on. So if I'm on my computer and Messages is the foreground app, then my iPhone screen, right next to me in a dock, literally two inches from my iMac, doesn't light up because it knows I'm in Messages on the Mac.
0: Well, here's a question for you, right? Yes. Um, we've heard rumors of a next-gen Echo that has a screen on it. Would this Apple device maybe just have a screen on it?
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, they definitely could, right? uh, None of the rumors indicate that at this point. I think that something with a screen on it is sort of inherently less likely to end up looking nice. And, like, the, the Echo is not a looker, right? Like, the tall one, like, it's not an amazing piece of industrial design. No, yeah, but it stays but out of
0: the way, right? But it's
1: inoffensive, like, like, yeah. right? Because, like, it's in the kitchen. I don't have a screen in my kitchen. I just have this tube, right? And if you just walk in, maybe you think it's a diffuser or, like, something else. You Or oh, really some, know like, kitchen
0: appliance. Like, any, any room that it's in, it looks like it could be something else that lives in that room. Right. Right.
1: Uh, and a screen has baggage attached, right? Uh, I'm, yeah. I, I may be less likely to put that in my kitchen or on my dining room table. Like my favorite thing in all these ads for all this stuff is like so the echo is like on the dining room table next to a, a flower, right? It's like, I'm not sure anyone's like, – where would the power
0: cord go? They should but just it, hollow out them inside so you could put a flower in it, you know, perfect. Don't
1: do – you were just on fire with the product <laughs> I did I know.
0: So there's, there's all those questions,
1: uh, right? And, and there's also the dimension of this is an established – it's a young market, but it is established, right? Like, I have uh, two Echoes, I have the tall one, and I have the Dot sitting here next to me in my office. Uh, we have friends that have many. I think Merlin has, like, two dozen Dots in his house in his office now. This every surface, is covered in Dots. They're all on one table. That's the problem. It's really weird, right? Mm-hmm. Like, gotta spread them out. And so, would, would those of us who already have a product, who already have workflows built around them, uh, would we... Would specifically you and I, would you or I consider switching to an Apple voice in a box if this thing is at is all real?
0: Yeah, I would. And, and the reason is because, like, Apple has all of the component parts there. They just need to bring them together in a way that makes sense. Like, the other day, we were playing around at home, and Adina was using Siri to turn our lights on and off. It's actually quicker to do that than to use the Echo. The Echo yeah. takes longer to actually perform the action. The difference is, we don't always have our phones in our hands. And our phones are not necessarily in the places that we think they are to use the Ahoy telephone command. But the echoes, we know exactly where they are because they don't move. So you either say it in a way where you're in the room where you know what it is, you either look to it so you can direct your voice to it, or you speak louder, right? Because you know where it is, because it's in this fixed place. So for us, it's more likely to get the result that we want, because we don't have to find something first, like we just know where it is. And so, and also because it is, as we've spoken about so many times, this dedicated thing, which has like a million microphones in it, it does a better job of like picking up the voice. But Apple's product could be better in many ways. And one of the key ones is the fact that it ties in with the OS. So it could do stuff like, hey, I've pushed, pushed this answer to your watch, right? Which as you said, it's such a good idea. You just show me the text because SiriKit currently has this UI... Part to it as well right the fallback part because it can't give you everything you need and i find personally like the the echo like oh hey look in the app i find that really annoying Mm -hmm. because i don't want to look in the app that's why i'm talking to you but if it says it's on your watch well as you say my watch is on all the time like that's a great way of tying one of stuff together so as long you know but there are other parts of this which are trickier What Will all my devices that I'm buying to work with the Echo work with this thing? No, they won't, right? Because it's all going to have HomeKit in it. And we've spoken about this many times before, at least in the UK, there are nowhere near as many HomeKit devices as there are Amazon Echo-enabled devices. I don't see Apple making like a web version of their API, like it will be (laughs) Apple's own APIs and so, like, my IFTTT stuff might not work. It depends on if they expand SiriKit that way. It's like there are a lot of ifs. Like, it has the ability to be better at the things that it does than anybody else because I'm in the Apple ecosystem. But all of the other stuff that makes me want to use that device over Siri, it might not be still. And and that's where it might be an issue.
1: I totally agree. And I have less IFTTT stuff than I think you or federico do
0: i only have a couple of things but the things that i have they're it do, important i really like being able to activate my canary with voice is something that i really like to be able to do
1: yeah yeah and i think that that is like the mess the crux of like every conversation about moving to an apple platform or not right that it is always going to be more closed off mm-hmm. uh for you know whatever reason apple squeezes into it but uh the the thing for me is that I I have that stuff and that the, the echo does what I want it to do. Like I'm not looking to replace it um, because it, it does it does what I want. Now if the Apple thing comes along and it does more of what I want or does what I want better, then that would be, you know, particularly potentially more interesting, especially if it sounded better. You know, the Echo is not an amazing speaker. Now, it's fine for like Spotify in the kitchen, but it's not great. It's not killer. Yeah, I would like an easier
0: way to be able to resume the podcast that I'm currently listening to, right? Like currently I have to like ask my Echo to connect to my phone and then the Bluetooth, you know, like I would just like to be like, hey, ahoy canister, play Overcast.
1: Sure. Right, that's what I
0: want, you know. Um, and that would be brilliant. But I have some more questions for you, right? Because okay. there are some other ways that Apple could go with this. What if they added more sensors into their product? Like my Canary, it has like temperature and humidity sensors inside of it. So I yep. can get the temperature in the house and stuff like that. Now, that would be really cool if you then had it connected to some kind of thing like a like a Nest or like an Echo B or something like that. One of these, um, like if there are, I think there is a or a couple of HomeKit enabled temperature things, where it can just be like... Echo
1: Echo B works with HomeKit, Nest uh, famously does not.
0: No. Um, And then you could, like, see what the temperature is and just have it fire off something like that, even when you're not at home, right? Because you can use the the HomeKit stuff outside of the house. And I guess this would also become the HomeKit hub like the Apple TV can be, right? So that would be kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it would be... I think that Apple could definitely tie that together. And we've talked about HomeKit a bunch... Don't want to rehash all of that. But it is better than I thought it was, but it could do a lot more. And I think a product like this could help entice product makers to embrace HomeKit. You know, we've yeah. heard many times that it's really hard to develop a HomeKit product or service because Apple's regulation over it. And and maybe this could be incentive. To like, hey, if you want to be in our thing, you got to use HomeKit because we're not opening it up to, to IFTT.
0: Yeah, because right now all they've got is stick right and not a lot of carrot and this would be that i think this would this would help device makers have a reason to jump through apple's hoops and hopefully at the same time apple might try and make it a little bit easier or cheaper for someone to do this because it becomes in their interest to have more and more homekit devices like they're not silly they know they don't have as many devices for homekit as amazon has And Amazon, I'm going to talk about one a couple of these later on, like Amazon is continuing to expand the things that have their assistant capability inbuilt in them at a rate which is exponentially faster than there are new HomeKit devices. So Apple knows this, surely, and and I'm sure that they're trying to do some things to, to fix that. And it may be that instead of something being HomeKit enabled, that you can do something with SiriKit instead right that it like talks to an app as opposed to a device there might be ways that they can try and make that a bit better right a little bit more like the amazon model there might be something that they can do there which still enables some things to work and still keep security right like i don't know what that would be but there might be something that they can do right that makes them comfortable with that one other thing talking about sensors what if they put a camera in this thing just completely killed the home security market
1: yeah, I mean I think that they would run into uh the same problem that Amazon potentially is with theirs, which we're going to talk talk about in a minute that you've got privacy and like just weirdness concerns with a camera. I don't see Apple I don't think I see Apple doing that.
0: Yeah, but what, you know, they could do what they always do, right? They just say like, "Oh, nobody ever see, you know, like they could, they could run the privacy game on it."
1: Yeah, and and think of how many people that we know who tape over their eyesight's on their laptops, right? And and If you want a product that's going to be in your kitchen or in your home all the time, it's hard enough. Some people are already worried about that it's listening all the time for its wake word. And people think that they're streaming out of the cloud and maybe
0: they are. Yeah, but but I think a lot of those people are the same people that would assume that Apple will protect you. Oh, I I know what you're saying, right? But yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, no, there's a lot of like the weird, like, fear and certainty doubt situation with that. But I think a camera's probably too far from most people. Um, I like to think that they could do more sensors and and other stuff and and make it a better HomeKit hub than just like – just what the Apple TV is, which is basically just a gateway to the outside if you're not home.
0: Do you think this is a product that's coming?
1: I do. It seems inevitable. It seems like that Amazon is doing it. Google's doing it. Uh, Google just – I think – I just saw on Twitter, so I don't know if this – all the details – so forgive me if I have something wrong, but I believe they're rolling out the multi-voice deal. So I, if it's if I speak, it has certain access to things. And if someone else speaks, like if I have a guest over, they yeah. can't mm-hmm. add things in my calendar. This stuff is evolving. And Apple was there in the early days with the iPhone 4S with Siri. Mm-hmm. And it has been stuck on the phone for a long time. Now it's on the watch. Now it's on the Mac, which I always forget until I accidentally hit it. And it's time for Siri to sort of expand to this next category. And like like you like you said, Apple has all the parts for this. They have the voice assistant. They have the web services. They have a music streaming service. And they know how to make really nice-looking things that sound good. Like, Apple has all the parts on the shelf. They just got to go do it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I have this, like, I've always had this theory. It's not a insanely complex theory that... But... <laughs> there are some products that Apple makes just because everybody thinks they're making them, right? Like like a rumor mm. begins and it gets to the point where they're like, well, we've got to kind of make this now because everyone thinks we're making it.
1: L- like what? Uh, like what, what comes to mind?
0: The phone. Always comes to my mind with this. Like, I uh, whether it was a project or not, there were, there were rumors for the iPhone for what felt like so long. Like, yeah. there was always a part of my mind was like, if they're not making this, like, they're going to have to make it at some point. Like, you know, they were talking, like, there's all this talk about, like, oh, they were making this touchscreen product and it was going to be the iPad. And then they shelved it and made a phone. I've always thought in my head, is that just because everyone thought they were making one? So they're kind of like, well, let's just do this now first. And then they moved on with it. I don't know. But anyway, like I, I always think like there's got to be a certain point where like, well, everyone thinks we're making this. Maybe we should actually just move this product along quicker than we already are. Uh-huh. Or not at all. But anyway, so I think that they're going to make a product like this just because it's become expected. Right. And it might even just be that, like, we're looking at the wrong place and it's just a new Apple TV that has this stuff in it. You know, like, there was that rumor a while ago. It could just be that, right? There's yeah. all these two products together.
1: Yeah. It- my complaint with that rumor has always been that products, Amazon has proven that products like this will want to live in the kitchen. And I don't know about mm. you, but my big television is not in my kitchen.
0: I agree with that. I wonder if it, like, I mean, this is real, it's getting real convoluted at this point, but it's like a multi product. Like, it's not like a multi device product. You buy like this one thing and it has these two components. The only reason I think this is just I think Apple's going to want to try and push more and more to make sure that people's TVs are connected to their services because they're yeah. going to start spending so much money on right, content. on content that they need to make sure that they're pushing that. And whether it's like a way cheaper. Um, Apple TV, like making the Apple TV more like the Chromecast or something, you know, like so you buy this product, which is the speaker and a tube and it comes with something you just stick into the HDMI port and it's the TV thing. I don't know. I don't know because it's a Bluetooth remote, right? So like anyway, I, I, I wonder if that there could be some way of connecting those two things together. I don't know, but. I'm interested. I'm interested to see where this joke goes, just because the Echo has become something that we really like in our home, even to do the very limited things that we do with it. But we wouldn't want to get rid of it, and the idea of having something that's maybe a little bit more integrated with the devices that I use, if done well, um, and could could be something very compelling for us in a way sure. that the Google Home hasn't been, right? Like I. I didn't get a Google Home because I'm like, well, you don't really seem to do anything better for me than the Echo does. So why would I go down that route?
1: Yeah, I checked one out. Uh, It's been in my file cabinet for a while now. And and for me, it had the same problem that this Apple one could potentially have. Like, the Echo does what I want to do, and it's already configured. Like, it already is all working for me the way I want. And I like having one out here and one inside so I get the same experience both places.
0: This week's episode is also brought to you by a new sponsor, and that is Bomfell, B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L, Bomfell, the online personal styling service dedicated to finding the right clothes for you. Shopping for clothes can be a stressful thing. Stores are busy, you don't know what you're looking for, and it can be tough knowing when something will suit you, especially if you're shopping on your own. And even when you order online, you still run the risk of getting caught out by return fees if something doesn't work right for you, or fit even. Bomfell takes away all of this stress with a personalized service that's ready to help you step up your look. When you sign up to Bomfell, you'll be matched with your very own stylist who can help you find the right clothes and make sure that they're right for you. Bomfell's service is fully personalized, Personalized and every piece is hand picked by your stylist. Bomfell looked through menswear collections around the world and then they send the pieces from those collections that work the best for you. There are no hidden fees or catches, it's super simple and straightforward and you will only pay for what you keep and there is no charge to send returns. Absolutely none. Bonfail doesn't make money on items that you don't want to keep. So you know that they're dedicated to making sure your picks are spot on. If you return something, it's of no benefit to them. So they want to make sure that they're getting stuff that fits your look. Bonfail is completely flexible. You can push up, delay, or skip shipments at any time. And you can even go in and say, hey, I don't like this thing that that you've selected for me because they send you a little roundup. Just don't send this one. And then they won't. It's really awesome to communicate Communicate with them and tell them what you're looking for. So, Stephen, I believe that you got some stuff from Bonfer. What do you think? I have. And so
1: I went through the, the sign-up process. So people may not know part of these deals, like, we just sign up like normal people. And so they have a style quiz when you go sign up. And I actually just loaded it up in a tab. And I don't know about you, Mike, but I, um, I'm very often confused by fashion terms, right? So, like, a question is, like, what is your preferred fit? And, you know, trim or relax? Like, I don't... I have an idea what that means, but like pictures are helpful and Bombfill uses pictures in their style quiz. So you can see like, yes, I like shirts that fit me the way, you know, it looks like in this picture or I like jeans that are cut this way. And it just, for me, it takes some of the stress out of like different companies have different terms for different things. Mm-hmm. And bombfill style quiz makes it super easy to be like, yes, I want something that looks that fits me like it looks like in this picture click the button and you're good to go.
0: Do you like stuff that you got?
1: I do. Yeah, so I got a couple shirts and a pair of shorts because I'm a dad. Got hey. shorts. And uh it's all great. I kept I kept all three pieces and uh, I'm a big fan. It's all super great stuff.
0: So we have an exclusive deal for connected listeners. You can get $25 off your first purchase at Bombfell by going to bombfell.com/connected. That's B O M B fe double dot com slash connected signing up is super easy when you sign up your stylists will email you with their selections for you and you have 48 hours to make any changes or even cancel it altogether if you're not happy you are in total control with bombfell that's bombfell.com slash connected for 25 dollars off your first purchase check out bombfell today and find the right clothes for you and we want to thank them for their support of this show and relay fm so many weeks ago we were talking about what we thought was going to be the Amazon Echo security camera. You remember this? There was an image that somebody found yeah. online and it was what has ended up being the Amazon Echo look. And we were like, oh, can't wait for Amazon security camera. Wasn't a security camera. It is, uh, in case you don't know, the Amazon Echo Look is a product that Amazon have made, which is to allow for you to get some styling advice. Now, I'm going to put some links in the show notes to Amazon's page, to Dan Moran's post on Six Colors, because he is the resident Echo um, person. And also a YouTube video, which kind of gives a breakdown of what the product is. I watched the video. I don't know if you've seen this video. But something I found very interesting in this video is it features women almost exclusively, which is very different for a consumer technology product video. And I thought that was really cool and just a different thing to see. So this product has a camera, and you can see what your outfit looks like front and back, which I think is really clever, right? Like, I can never see what I look like from the back because I don't have an elaborate system of mirrors, but like this product, you kind of turn around and it can show you. Uh, it has a built-in blur and depth of field effect, so the so the images that you take they kind of frame nicely, and you can share your images on social media, and then it creates your own lookbook. Are you familiar with what a lookbook is, Stephen?
1: Only because I watched this YouTube video.
0: Okay, I've heard this phrase before, um, and and a lookbook is basically like a selection of your outfits which you can share. And this is like a big thing for people that do share their outfit of the day and stuff like that. You familiar with the hashtag OOTD? No. I'm trying to show that I'm cool, right? I think you're showing that you used Google before the episode. (laughs) No, this is stuff I see. I see this stuff online, like Mm. my friends and people I follow, like... I see these things. Well, Mike, you live in a
1: fashionable world city.
0: That's true. I really do. London, Milan. I live five minutes from Arkansas. (laughs) Is that not a a style icon city?
1: It is a city that I love, but not style icon. No, I see what you're saying about this. And I think that it's easy for me to sort of poke fun of. In fact, in my blog post, I was like, I wear a podcast t-shirt and Chuck Taylor's every day. So it's not for me, but there are people, there are a huge number of consumers who this is like aimed squarely at. And what I find so interesting about this is that the, the Echo and the Google Home and the future Apple voice in a canister, those things are all like general computing devices, really. I can ask it questions about lots of things. It may not always know the answer, but uh, and it has its strengths and weaknesses, but it is, it's sort of general and broad. This thing is designed for a very narrow, specific set of tasks. I assume the rest of the Echo stuff is in here, where I can ask this thing the weather and to add things to my calendar. But it, it is marketed as a, as a fashion accessory, a fashion technology hybrid accessory dingus camera. And... For me, that's just a very interesting take on it, that they're making something very specific and targeting and marketing it in a very specific way is a big change.
0: So you would think that it was just like the regular Echo, but it isn't. Does it not have the other stuff? It has some of it, but not all of it. And the thing that it's missing is super weird. You cannot order products via this device. What? You can only order them via the app. And this was something that I found out from Dan's piece on Six Colors. Huh. That doesn't make any sense, right? Like this thing, you would feel like you would be more likely to order stuff because it figures out the clothes that you want. And then you like look in the app and you're like, yeah, order me that black t-shirt. And it's like, you can order it in the app. Yeah. I mean, or maybe it's like the
1: Bombfell ad read. Like it's helpful to see things like see pictures and you say, hey, order another one of these shirts and maybe it it gets it wrong. I mean, maybe that's coming or maybe that involves more more AI and machine learning and and, uh, hashtag, you know, words that it doesn't have right now.
0: So some of the ways that it does advance the assistant stuff is to adds something called style check. This is what makes this product different. And they are combining machine learning, as you say, and advice from fashion specialists. So you take these photos of yourself, you upload them, and it will give you an idea as to what works best for you. And it can suggest some other clothes. You can kind of show two different outfits and it will tell you what works and what doesn't. Very interesting. Like, I remember originally thinking that the Echo was a ridiculous product. Like, you could go back in time and find the episode of whatever show it was we were doing at the time where we were probably talking about how stupid it was. And this product isn't for me, but it doesn't mean that it's stupid and I'm not thinking of it that way anymore, right? And being like, okay, the Echo look is not something that I am interested in because I don't have a personal lookbook. My personal lookbook would be full of podcast t-shirts and pajama trousers. I don't really think I need that so much, but I know that many people would. I bet Adina would quite like the idea of a product like this because this is something that she cares about more than me. Um, I bet that Matt Alexander would care about this more than me, right? Because he is more in the fashion world than I am. He's very handsome. So I'm wondering whether people that care about this stuff would actually care about a computer algorithm trying to give them fashion advice. Huh. And so the I expect that the reason that they're talking about fashion specialists in this is because that's an important thing. And I wonder if they were going to, you know, maybe as this product starts to catch on a little bit, they could do some stuff to try and attach some brands or influences to the system. And I was thinking, like, what if there were, like, some people that you really liked and their voice could come out of the thing instead of the regular voice?
1: So I could have Matt tell me that my outfit is... Quote, on point.
0: On point. Wow, it's weird that we both went there. I don't even know if he even says that, but we both think he says on point. Or they could just have like little tips or trends and stuff. But like, considering this is a thing with a speaker, like it could actually speak them to you, which I thought yeah. would be kind of interesting. And I guess in the app, you know, people can they can like try and attach this stuff and show you how somebody can talk to you. Um, maybe like young people are into this. We're not so young anymore. I don't know. Um, Speak for uh, yourself. Yeah. Okay. And they have an autumn like. There's visual log over time, which is kind of cool as well. Where so it can show you like these are the things that have worked for you. These are the things you've won in the past. And I think it can do this stuff where it will suggest to you like, hey, you wear this a bunch. Stop wearing that. So you know, it say <laughs> to me like, stop wearing that ATP shirt. You wear that all the time. So there is a lot in this product, and it has some foibles but I think that it is an interesting advancement of the Echo technology. I'm not so concerned about the fact that it's a camera in the bedroom. It's like, okay, look, I know that's kind of weird, but you can choose if you want that and you can choose how you want to live your life and if you want it to be a camera in your bedroom or not. But like we have these devices. I already have probably like three or four devices in my bedroom that have a camera on them. They just don't face me. Like you can live you can you can arrange your bedroom in such a way that your camera isn't facing you do you know what i mean like we both sleep with phones by our bedsides and iPads like they all have cameras in them you you, you just adjust as necessary just don't right. point it at the bed if you don't want it focused on the bed right you, you know you, you just you, you arrange it the way that you want This is an, I think this is an interesting product and I'm happy to see Amazon kind of do something a little bit outside of the box again, because the Echo worked for them. That was out of the box when they announced it. The Echo look, similar kind of idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, even if the thing doesn't take off, I applaud them for trying something that is new and like we said, specific. And it goes along with, I mean, Amazon has been working, Jeff Bezos has been vocal about this, working towards being, uh, more of a fashion brand, right? They have, uh, I heard s- some of the podcasts that they have a, like a fashion office in New York city, where, like they're, they're working, they're designing. And I think this is a, this is going to be a big push for Amazon this year and, and into the future. And Amazon is, uh, is unique in that it can partner retail with like high technology. And this is just another good example of that.
0: But there's more going on with uh, the Amazon Echo Assistant stuff, right? mm Hmm.
1: Yeah. So there's uh, an article in TechCrunch. Uh, Amazon has uh, an update for the the voice engine. I guess is what we would be calling it. Um, so that. Difficult. Yeah, it's it's this stuff's hard to talk about, but basically, it can whisper. It can take a breath to pause for emphasis. Adjust the rate, pitch, and volume of speech. Um, and basically, to sound more natural and more, uh, I guess, approachable, which is good. I mean, it, it's even if you pay attention to Siri, uh, that voice has changed over the years. The first one, if you go back and use Siri on, you know, back in like the, the, when it was the 4S, you know, that era. Sounded much more robotic and much more cold than it does now. Mm -hmm. And this is just Amazon advancing their language
0: engine. So there's more come in here to make it sound, I guess, more and more realistic, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I guess that's their idea. I don't know. I don't know if we need that. Like, I I don't know how realistic the voice needs to sound, but I guess it's kind of cool that it is going to get better. I wonder if, like, making the voice sound more normal, that when it gets things wrong, it might be more annoying. Like there's Maybe. this disconnect of like, that's a robot where I'm kind of not so frustrated when it gets it wrong because I remember it's a robot. But if it starts to sound like an actual human being, will I get more annoyed when it gets stuff wrong? Or will I be less annoyed because it's got feelings? <laughs> I don't know.
1: I mean, as long as it doesn't make stupid jokes about it like Siri does, then I'm fine. That's the thing that kills me with Apple.
0: Uh, I want to mention just before we wrap up. Wrap up. And ratch up. That's a new phrase that I'm working on. Um, I've spoken so many times about The fact that I've been trying to get my Dyson fan to integrate with my Echo to varying levels of success. Well, Dyson might fix this for me because they've announced a new product that integrates with it. So it's called the Dyson Hot Cool Air Purifier Dyson Pure Cool Link Purifier. Hot and cool link air purifier. I'm gonna get this eventually. It is the pure hot and cool link air purifier. There we go. I did Ugh. it. I did it. Okay, I did it. It's because they've had this product, right? It was called like the cool link, and then they have this one called. Hot- six hundred dollars. Yeah, it does. Yeah, uh and it, basically they've just been bolting the words on as the products got more and more advanced. Just add a new Not- word every time. It's- not a great... It is. So it's plan. the fan that I have, which is a hot and cold fan, but it also adds an air purifier, which is a separate line. that In so it meshes two things together. So this is an air purifier that can do hot and cold, and it also has an app uh, which you can connect it to the internet, and then eventually later on the product's out now, but like soon they're going to have it integrate with the Echo stuff as well. It is mega expensive, but this is exactly what I'm looking for in a product. Um, eventually... We'll probably sell the one that we have and then buy this because it's exactly what I've been looking for, but it's just mega expensive, but it's what I've been looking for. So eventually it will make its way into my home. I think air purification, we don't have that, you know, it'd be a benefit, I guess. Health. It's all about the health, right? That's the thing. Health air purification. I'm sure it's good for your health. That's how I'll sell it. You know, oh no, of course we need to spend six hundred dollars. It's good for the health. You don't sound too impressed about this.
1: I mean, I think that uh, Dyson stuff is overpriced
0: and kind of ridiculous. But hey, do you own any Dyson products? No. All right, but they're always the best products in their categories. Their vacuums are so good. They look beautiful. It's like a piece of sculpture in your living room. I am telling you, man. Like, if you don't own any Dyson products, you should get. You should at least get a vacuum. Their stuff is amazing. It is the most Apple-like company that I have used the products of. Like you even get this little booklet in the product which tells you the history of them. And it's like James Dyson is the guy. He's still there. He still engineers all the stuff. They're very Apple-like. And every product of theirs that I have, we have two now. I am so impressed by the way that it's made, the way that it works, um, all of the things that, that you add to it. It they are a very very cool company and Apple like in the way that they're expen their stuff is more expensive than anybody else's but I think for good reason yeah uh, it's just can I tell you I'm the new face of Dyson did I mention that at all huh Mm-hmm. W- was it invoice one thousand <laughs> the
1: the thing that that I mean uh, the Dyson stuff whatever but you can just buy anything with with the electric service in it it's crazy like they they have taken the Windows approach to this of hey we make software really or an os kind of and just stick it in whatever you want and echo b has an upcoming thermostat that has the Alexa service built in so you can killing your me thermostat. killing
0: me why are you doing this to me
1: it's just all over the place
0: mm-hmm. thank you for listening to this week's episode of connected if you want to find our show notes for this week go to relay.fm slash connected slash 140 uh, if you want to find Stephen online, he's at ISMH. it's at 512pixels.net. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, and Federico should be back next week. I hope if he's – I don't know what he's doing, actually. He's probably preparing for his release notes talk, right? like That's what I expect he's doing. I, he's,
1: I think he's watching the Microsoft education events going on right now. He's watching that, I think, Taking Okay.
0: Notes. Needs some Microsoft education. Everybody does, right? That's that's what we're all after. He's at MacStories.net and app stories as well. He's a new podcast. You can go check it out. And he is at Vitici V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our sponsors this week, Bombfell, Pingdom, and Casper. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Stephen. Adios.